0: Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer, and this is Squawk Pod. The FBI's surprise search of Mar-a-Lago, what they're looking for and what it means for both Democrats and Republicans in 2024. CNBC's Eamon Javers.
2: You have to imagine that this is something more than just a document retention policy issue, right? You don't send the FBI uh, in with no notice to a former president's home uh, unless it's very, very serious indeed.
0: And $52 billion incoming. U.S. chipmakers are at the White House for the CHIPS Act signing, one of those semiconductor CEOs, Thomas Caulfield of Global Foundries.
3: That $52 billion is going to release $150 billion because it's a, about a 30% funding ratio. So it's a, it's a big pot of money when you think of the total capex it's going to deploy to creating semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S.
0: Those big stories, plus a stopper in the European oil pipeline, Google's traffic jam, and meme trades are back if they ever left.
1: SoFi's Liz Young. But be careful not to invest things, especially in a stock like Bed Bath & Beyond that's up this much over just a couple day period. Don't put money in it that you're not prepared to lose in case things turn the other direction very quickly. It's Tuesday,
0: August 9th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager, Welcome back to Squawk Pod. And we start with a dramatic headline today. The FBI conducted a search of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home in Florida, the former president said in a statement released Monday evening. He was at Trump Tower in New York City and did not answer reporters' questions as the initial details emerged.
4: Mr. Trump, can we get your reaction to the (laughs) raid?
0: It is the first time the FBI has ever searched the home of a former U.S. president, and this represents an escalation in federal law enforcement's attention on Trump after months of speculation about whether Attorney General Merrick Garland would pursue a formal investigation into the former president for his role in the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Garland spoke to NBC's Lester Holt last month.
3: You said in no uncertain terms the other day that no one is above the law. That said, um, the indictment of a former president, of perhaps candidate for president, would arguably tear the country apart. Is that your concern as you make your decision down the road here? Do you have to think about things like that? Look, We pursue justice without fear or favor. We intend to hold
0: everyone, anyone, who was criminally responsible for events surrounding January 6th or any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power from one administration to another accountable. That's what we
3: do. We don't pay any attention to other uh, issues with respect to that. So if Donald Trump were to become a candidate for president again, that would not change your schedule or or how you move forward or don't move forward? Uh, Say again that uh, we will hold accountable anyone who is criminally responsible
0: or attempting to interfere with the transfer of legitimate, lawful transfer of power from one administration to the next. To obtain a search warrant, investigators must show probable cause that a crime has been committed and there is related evidence in the location they want to search. Then, clearly, a judge must approve it. There is still a lot we don't know about the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago. We have some basic confirmation about it all from federal law enforcement in Florida, but what are they looking for? Sitting in today on Squawk Box are Brian Sullivan and Kayla Tausche.
5: Joe, Becky, and Andrew are off. The inmates are running the asylum. It's great,
4: let's do it. It's gonna be fantastic.
0: (laughs) Here's Eamon Javers with those two and the details we have on what happened at Mar-a-Lago
2: the former president himself is the one who broke the news on his social media site. He said that Mar-a-Lago is, quote, under siege, raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. A source familiar with all of this tells NBC that the search is National Archives related. That is, the question here is whether or not there are documents in the possession of the former president at Mar-a-Lago that he is not supposed to be retaining. Those are supposed to be uh, in the possession of the National Archives. Remember, former presidents don't own their documents. Those belong to the taxpayers. That seems to be what's at issue here. What we don't know is what's in those documents and why there's such urgency on the part of the FBI to get them back. Apparently, the FBI has decided uh, at a very, very high level uh, that this is extraordinarily important and important enough to take this dramatic step. I talked to a former Department of Justice official yesterday just to get a sense of what would have had to have happened inside the Department of Justice in order for a search like this to be authorized. This former DOJ official telling me that to get a warrant for this search, investigators would have had to have overwhelming evidence. And the official said, if you're going to drop that kind of paper, you'd better be damn sure your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted and everything is double checked. So an enormous amount of political scrutiny on this uh, search before it took place. And you can imagine now, guys, we're going to see an enormous amount of political scrutiny outside the DOJ and the FBI uh, as Republicans are now rallying to the defense of the former president. You're seeing a lot of the former president's critics saying it's about time that the Department of Justice took this action. It's immediately being viewed through a political lens and the FBI would have seen that coming uh, when they decided to do this, guys. Back over to you. And
5: already warning what would happen if Republicans retook Congress in November for the attorney general telling him to keep his documents. But Eamon, back in February, the Washington Post reported that the National Archives had asked the DOJ to open an investigation into some of these documents, like 15 boxes I think they reported had been taken from the White House to Mar-a-Lago, but from what you know, is it more about just having those documents in the government's possession because they belong to the archives, or is it what's actually in the documents themselves?
2: Well, we don't know exactly. I mean, these are classified documents, uh, and the content of those uh, may be at risk here. I mean, there could be a sense on the, of the, uh, on the part of the Department of Justice that the actual information in the documents is at risk if it's being kept at Mar-a-Lago, uh, not being kept you know, in the hands of the federal government. We, we just don't know at this point. But you have to imagine that this is something more than just a document retention policy issue, right? You don't send the FBI uh, in with no notice to a former president's home. Uh, unless it's very, very serious indeed. Uh, And that sort of opens the realm of speculation as to what the classified information in in these documents actually is. We just simply don't know at this point, Kayla. And what we're going to see now is this political process explode uh, as people who are defending the former president rally to his side, uh, as critics of the former president make their points. Uh, Behind the scenes, though, will be this parallel law enforcement and legal process. And that might not be public for some time. We might not have a very good sense of exactly what happened here for, for weeks or even months.
4: My guess is, Eamon, that uh, President Biden and other Democratic leaders are going to be out of their minds here because now this is all going to be the headlines, the Inflation Reduction Act, Build Back Better, whatever you want to call it. That's going to be off the headlines. I mean, no one's going to be talking about this and the CHIPS Act. They're going to be talking about the Trump raid. Um, So that's kind of a hit there. And look, politically,
2: Brian, politically, I was just going to say, I mean, you do wonder whether this hastens the former president's decision about whether or not to run again in 2024. He'd already been talking about this idea of announcing that he's running again in the next presidential cycle before the midterms even happen. That's something that not a lot of Republicans were, were happy about uh, because they wanted all the attention on the midterm candidates, the Republicans running for office this fall. Uh, Trump was already contemplating taking some of the oxygen, oxygen out of that by announcing for president early. Uh, you would imagine that he has now an incentive to announce for president because then that immediately puts this in a political box uh, and it immediately hamstrings some of what the DOJ and the FBI can do here investigating this and
5: as nbc reported uh, the fbi had given advance notice to the secret service so they were aware that this was going to be taking place and javers thanks so much this morning Do
4: we have any idea kayla when we will get more information you have now you know either you want to call it raided or conducted a search whatever term you want to use a former president's home they're going to have to share some information i would imagine soon especially in today's media environment what do you think
5: well i think the trump family has been disclosing most of the information that it wants to disclose the president the former president first announced this on social media eric trump on fox news announced last night that it was related to the national archives so we're getting a lot of on the record confirmation from the family itself about what is going on here and uh, ostensibly that's where we are going to be getting a lot of information until and unless the Department of Justice decides to release some of it or crack reporters like those at the Washington Post who first broke this story back in, in February get their hands on some of something. I've got to, and Joe. you
4: cover, I'll ask you to editorialize because you cover the White House, of course, so well. I've got to imagine that the White House is probably, people say the Democrats are going to cheer this. I don't see that because I see this has been a, a moment where the president and his team have had some much needed wins. The CHIPS Act being signed today.
5: Taking out the leader of Al-Qaeda?
4: Taking out the leader of Al-Qaeda, the Inflation Reduction Act slash Build Back Better likely being signed on Saturday.
5: A monster jobs number?
4: Great jobs number. This just takes all the wind out of the coverage sales on those things because I guarantee you on the other channels this morning there's just going to be talk about... The rate, once again, Trump sort of eats the air out of the media room.
5: You know, There's also been a discussion among the president's team, the current president, President Biden, about when to file paperwork to run in 2024, if in fact that is the plan, uh, and what impact this, if anything, yeah. will have on that decision and the timing of that, both for President Biden and the former president too.
4: Yeah.
0: President Biden signed the bipartisan CHIPS Act into law today. It's a big win for the semiconductor industry, directing tens of billions of dollars toward manufacturers and $200 billion towards research. CEOs from the chip and car industries showed up at the White House to commemorate.
4: We met the moment at this inflection point in history the moment when we bet on ourselves, believed in ourselves and recapture the story, the spirit, and the soul of this nation. We are the United States of America, a singular place of possibilities. I'm not going to go sign the Shifts and Science Act. And once again, I promise you, we're leading the world again for the next decades.
0: This moment was a long time coming. And on our TV broadcast today, Brian Deese, White House National Economic Council director, explained why it'll have an impact for a long time to come.
4: The magnitude of this bill is roughly equal in real terms to the decade long investment to put a man on the moon. And we believe that uh, this will have a similar impact across uh, across decades in terms of unleashing innovation and strengthening our manufacturing base here in the United States.
0: On Wall Street, for the most part, the legislation is just as well received. Here's Jeffrey's tech specialist, Jared Weisfeld.
4: The CHIPS Act is undoubtedly a positive for the semiconductor industry and for the U.S. as we onshore a lot of jobs, a lot of manufacturing you were dependent on. Taiwan right now for leading-edge semiconductors, so think about the most advanced semiconductors that are being produced are coming out of Taiwan and it's a single point of failure risk. So what are we doing? We're bringing back jobs, we're bringing back manufacturing onshore benefits companies such as Global Foundries and Intel and Micron.
0: The massive law is good news for U.S. chipmakers like NVIDIA, whose stock just weathered a rough quarterly report. And for Micron, which announced today, in light of the Chips Act, a $40 billion investment in the U.S. through the rest of the decade, creating possibly tens of thousands of jobs. The chief executives of both of those companies were at the White House for the bill signing today, as was our next guest, CEO of Chipmaker Global Foundries, Thomas Caulfield. Here's Kayla Tauschey. $52
5: $52 billion uh, directly going to the industry and in incentives, $24 billion in tax credits. But how long, Tom, will it take for the rubber to meet the road on that? How long will it take companies like yours to apply for, receive, and deploy those funds?
3: I, first, I think that's a great question. I would, I would probably think somewhere over the next three to six months to actually start the application process because this is complex uh, work that needs to get done and it needs to be done well. Um, there are two phases of how you can add expansion. If, like in Global Foundry's case, we already have some existing space in our U.S. footprint that we can install tools, we could bring capacity on within, say, 18 months, on the outside, two years. If you have to start you know, putting a shovel in the ground, creating a facility, and then building that out, that could take much longer. That could take up to three years from today, given the fact that we won't start seeing funding or that alignment of funding for say three to six months.
5: But the president and policymakers say that this will make the U.S. competitive. But Tom, what happens if after this, after this becomes law and that money goes into the system, if companies like China and Taiwan and Singapore just increase their subsidies to the industry, what decisions would you make as an executive about where your supply chain is located?
3: Uh, you know, I don't think this is one where it becomes an escalating uh, situation. It's about creating globally competitive uh, manufacturing. And you don't have to have 100% of your, of your, your, your assets covered or your capital investment. You know, about a third of, of a project needs to be covered. Uh, and most of that investment comes from companies like GF to go build that capacity. And I think that's going to be uh, the, the real measure here. And you know, this $52 billion that you cited, remember, that $52 billion is going to release $150 billion because it's a, about a 30% funding ratio. So it's a it's a big pot of money when you think of the total capex it's going to deploy to creating semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S.
4: Hey, Tom, it's Brian Sullivan. Good morning. Listen, this, this is a necessary thing. I mean, China is our adversary politically, and they control so much of our chip technology. Bringing it back here, I think any smart person would say is something we need to do. The issue that may be coming up is labor, and I was on your website, you have 495 open jobs in the United States, more than any other region. Do you have the people, everybody I talk to around this great country, and I love this country and I travel it extensively, says can't find anybody, particularly a manufacturing workforce?
3: Well, first, another great question. And, yeah, I think it's not a GF issue. It's an industry, maybe even. It's an America industrial issue, Tom. Question. Yeah, it is. And uh, and so, look, we're, we're doing our part. We're investing in, in students in high school. We're investing in students in, in college. We have to make our company you know, an attractive company for people to come. You know, we have four hundred job openings, as you say, but we employ, you know, nine thousand people in, in, in the United States. So on a relative basis, that's that's not a, a big percentage of what we're down. I think it's where maybe the better point is, you know, we're a big and growing company, and we we need resources to drive our business. And I would say, of all the supply chain issues we have, the longest range ones that we have to f- focus on every day is this: the talent and talent uh, management of. Uh, of creating talent and attracting talent to our industry.
5: Well, we know you have a big day coming up in Washington, Tom. We appreciate you joining us ahead of time. You'll be joined by the CEOs of Micron, Intel, Lockheed Martin, HP, and many others there. And hopefully we will see you soon. Dr. Tom Caulfield is the CEO of Global Foundries.
0: Oil prices heading up slightly today due to European supply concerns. Russian crude flows through Ukraine to other European countries were halted last week due to sanctions on Russia from the country's invasion into Ukraine. Brian Sullivan has more.
4: Russian oil has stopped flowing through a key pipeline that feeds into countries like Slovakia and Hungary. Allegedly, it has to do with lack of payment over the sanctions. Uh, basically, it's a pipeline. It's not a natural gas pipeline. It's an oil pipeline. We know those full European sanctions outside of these countries. The, the, the countries this pipeline feeds are the countries like Slovakia and Hungary and the Czech Republic that got exemptions because they rely pretty much 100 percent? And they said, listen, our economies would stop. And because they stop. otherwise
5: would have opposed to the embargo themselves.
4: Yeah, because they, they would, countries would just stop. Yeah. And so they said, we, we, we don't like it, we have to take it. Flows through that pipeline, have reportedly stopped, according to Russian news sources. We're not sure how long it will be, but right now we're seeing a pop in Russian oil. It sounds like Putin needs to be playing more. And more games.
5: Billy McRae was saying, "Watch December 5th because that's when the European oil embargo goes into effect. But Russia could decide that uh, that they're they're going to start that even sooner. If they-,
4: they could just do it on their own unilaterally. It's what the, it's, the, it's 20% flow through the, nat- the Nord Stream pipeline right now. 20% into Germany.
0: Meme stocks on the move. Remember those? GameStop, AMC, Bed Bath and Beyond." Three stocks that have been part of the meme drama as investors drove these individual names higher, buying up shares and forcing short sellers who didn't believe in the meme magic to cover their losses, creating a short squeeze. Well, the retail investors who are typically younger, socially savvier and maybe a little nostalgic for the mall seem to be jumping back into the market. The memes have seen a big resurgence in recent weeks since the June bottom for the S&P 500. AMC Entertainment, GameStop, and Bed Bath and Beyond have soared. In that time, the S&P has added just a little more than 10%. Yesterday, Bed Bath and Beyond jumped nearly 40% on what? No apparent news or catalyst for this attention. Midday Monday, Bed Bath and Beyond was the most searched-for stock on Reddit's Wall Street Bets discussion board. So. What's behind it all? We heard today from Gunjan Banerjee, markets reporter at the Wall Street Journal's money and investing team, and Liz Young, head of investment strategy at SoFi. Here's Brian
4: Sullivan. What do you make of this return? I mean, is this a big risk for these investors who might have been burned a couple times?
1: Well, so I'll tell you a couple things that we're seeing on our platform and When the first meme craze happened and then when the bear market happened, there was sort of this fear, and and it was talked about a few times, that what about all these new investors that came into the market and now experience their first bear market? Is it going to scare them out of investing? And even the meme stalkers that got hurt in that, is it going to scare them out of investing? We conducted a survey of our members recently, and 74% said that even despite recent volatility, they still plan to invest as much or more in the next six months. So we can let that fear go, the individual investor, the retail investor is here to stay. Some of the other things that have been interesting though is we looked at the average daily volume. When you look at just by shares, the average daily volume in these three stocks, these meme stocks, it's two times bigger in August than it was in June and July. On our platform, it's four times bigger in August than it was in June and July. So the retail trader is definitely here, but here's what I would caution people on. Look, it's okay to kind of take part in some of this that ends up being the trendy conversation of the day. But be careful not to invest things, especially in a stock like Bed Bath & Beyond that's up this much over just a couple-day period. Don't put money in it that you're not prepared to lose in case things turn the other direction very quickly.
4: Yeah, Gudjan, you, you know, you wrote recently, I think it was maybe five weeks ago or something, how many of these tech stocks had become value Names because they got just they got kneecapped so badly that their price to earnings ratios actually looked reasonably. I mean, we've kind of had this little market pop right now. What are what are you hearing about how people view tech generally right now?
1: It's really interesting. I think retail investors, a lot of them have had diamond hands this year, and not just when it comes to meme stocks, which have cropped up from time to time, but especially tech. You know, individual investors' love of tech stocks has not cooled this year. We saw their purchases of tech stocks, think FANG stocks, think NVIDIA, Tesla, a basket of those. Buying activity hit a record, at least going back to 2014 in July, while those stocks were really getting crushed. So a lot of these investors have stepped in to buy those stocks at a discount. And we saw that yesterday, NVIDIA dropping around 6%. But that was one of the top buys for individual investors on the retail brokerage Fidelity.
0: And finally today, oh, my God, is Google down? How would we know? We can't Google it.
5: Google appears to be back up and running this morning after what's being called a brief global outage late yesterday. Outage tracking website downdetector.com reported more than 30,000 users in the U.S. indicated problems with the search site. Others experienced problems in Japan, Canada, and Australia. But back online for the Googler.
4: Now we can know stuff. Finally. People's collective How knowledge else would just we do vanished. This show? For so long. I prefer duck duck-go. I'm gonna bing it.
0: And that's Squawk Pot for today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. It's August, and schedules are weird, so you didn't hear from those three today. We did something a little different on the podcast to give you the best news stories to keep you informed. Please let us know your feedback or thoughts anytime. You can send us a tweet. Our handle is squawkcnbc. Thank you for following Squawk Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll meet you back here tomorrow.